Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Into the Queer of It, a podcast featuring three queer women navigating life, relationships, and mental breakdowns one episode at a time. All fire signs, absolutely no chill. Nope. So we're t- <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Who is she? Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to get started by just introducing ourselves a little bit. Um, so who wants to who wants to get started? I'll go so that we don't wait. <laughs> I'm just impatient. Uh, I'm Lauren. My pronouns are she, her, Sagittarius sun, Libra moon, Aquarius rising. And God, I didn't even think about this. What else do people want to know? Like, I, I, I write. I'm an artist. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> tell us. I, <laughs> uh, I used to do improv, but I don't anymore because that community is really toxic. Uh, I was a community organizer and then I took a break to have a mental breakdown. And I don't know if I'm going to go back to being a community organizer. I'm just out here living my life and enjoying rest for the first time and being creative with my friends. Oh my God. We love it. Yeah. Oh, and also I'm Filipino. This is a, this is a like sound thing. So I feel like I should, (laughs) I should say I'm Filipino. Um, so Lauren, I would like to say that you definitely started off, like you reminded me of Erica Padu, except for you might show up on time to things. Um, (laughs) but the way that you introduced yourself was like, um, I write, I'm an artist. Like it just sounded like the beginning of her songs. Um, With that being said, my name is Leanna. Um, I am a Sagittarius, Leo moon, Libra rising. Um, So basically a fireball. I um, am not an artist. Um, I guess I would say I'm your resident pop geek. Yeah, I think that's what I would call myself. Um, I definitely like all things sci-fi. I like random pieces of knowledge. Um, you can call me if you have weird symptoms and I can help you figure those things out. I literally do this at least once a week. <laughs> but um, she's not a doctor, everyone. I am not she's a doctor. not a doctor. I know. And I know we have a lot of resident epidemiologists and stuff, but clearly y'all never took science. Uh, I do have a bio degree, so I would like to say that. So there are some things there. Um, what else? I... And black. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Um, all right. I am the third of Into the Queer of It. My name the is third. Sandra. I'm the third. Sandra, she, her, ella pronouns. Um, I'm a Leo, Sun, Virgo, Moon, Scorpio rising, um, aka bad bitch placements. <laughs> um, what else? I'm also a writer. Um, also an artist. I mostly write poetry, um, but I'm looking forward to exploring other forms, other mediums of writing. Um, and actually, I signed up for a screenwriting class recently because I fucking love television, as you know. I love TV. I think, like, especially lately, there's just been some really beautiful, interesting, and like, I don't know, just amazing television happening. And so I love to learn. Um, just a little bit more about how that happens and how you know that's but what else about me I'm I'm Mexican um I was born in Mexico moved here with my family when I was eight um and I grew up in the San Fernando Valley and then I moved to San Diego where we're all currently located um for college and I stayed here after that anything else interesting about me um (laughs) I'm a very obsessive person (laughs) I get very obsessed with things like the things and the people that I love. I'm like, I'm so fucking obsessed with them. Like my friends, TV shows, books, like whatever it is. Um, I'm a very obsessive person. I blame it on my Venus and Leo. Absolutely. And last thing, my favorite types of books are <laughs> YA novels. <laughs> I can't even be embarrassed by it. I love YA. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no shame in YA novels. No, there shouldn't be. I love a good YA. They're amazing. They're the best. Like honestly, some of the most interesting writing I think is happening in YA novels. Like it's always the best fucking authors that are writing YA novels. So I think YA is amazing because it helps you like heal your inner child. At least for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, At God. least for oh. me. There's a lot of things where I think when I read back, it's like 
oh yeah, like I wish like, you know, 16 year old Leanna was able to like put those things into words and to yes. see that, you know what I mean? Um, so there's definitely beauty in that. And something I love about it too, is it's just fucking unpretentious, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like there's so many different. different genres and like different authors, like specifically of the white cis male variety that are just like so up their own asses of, about their talent or whatever the fuck. And I think that the YA community just like loves reading for reading's sake. It's mm-hmm. such an accessible genre. And, yes. and, and it truly is like for everyone. I would love to just like, like read more about like what makes YA a genre because so many of the people I know who are like my age and my, in, in, in like early thirties, even like thirties and forties, like these people are reading and really enjoying and loving YA novels. Yes. Like it's, it's not just for that demographic it's not not at all I did see a meme or whatever I think there's been a lot of conversations about the poor millennials and how many things we've lived through at this point and so Mm. I think it totally makes sense (laughs) (laughs) we would be reading YA novels yeah definitely (laughs) what what you're saying about you know like sort of healing your inner child your inner like teen through it I think that's super real like I think sometimes, you know, media, art, whatever, it helps us like process the fuck shit, right? Like it helps us process things that we haven't yet. Yeah. Which is exactly how I felt when I fucking watched Euphoria, which I don't know if now's the time to bring this. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. Like it's, it definitely sent me into like a fucking depression. Like I'm not going to lie. It's very, it's a very intense show. And I understand that people have criticisms of it, but what made me so like invested in it and like obsessed with it was that as I was watching these like teens and like young kids go through all these life experiences I was like I felt very protective of them like I just wanted them to be happy and safe and I realized that like I I needed that when I was their age as I was living some similar experiences so I think it like helped me process a lot of that and helped me process a lot of like things that I went through that I like should not have gone through at that age, you know? Um, And it just kind of, yeah, it helped me like feel that stuff, like feel through it um, when, you know, I didn't have capacity to feel through it when I was like 16, 17, 15 years old, but I have the capacity to do it now. Um, And same with like novels, I think. And also the ones that are just like very sweet. Um, Like I love a lot of like um, case and calendar novels. They're like very sweet and all about like, romance and love and I love when like you have like stories of just just very sweet stories of people like not having <laughs> like major <laughs> issues and just like I don't know uh, healthy relationships it's like oh my god what a fantasy what um, are those? <laughs> I have been so I've I've rediscovered this love of reading because I've been not working very much which has been excellent and uh, I've been really getting into uh, like queer romance novels and oh my god say more say more it's so okay it's so great first of all because I feel like I came out relatively late in my life it was like in my early to mid-20s so I didn't have um like I didn't have like teen queer romance basically at all because I was just like so closeted and repressing all of that at the time yeah and it's just like a really beautiful way to I guess, experience that vicariously mm. through queer characters. And there's something just so like lovely and wholesome. wholesome. Yes, right? exactly. About yes. having like, I've I've watched so many heterosexual romantic comedies and I have this like near encyclopedic knowledge of them because um, I just ate that shit up when I was growing up, but there was just like no queer stuff ever. No. And I think, so I've, I read Honey Girl recently, mm. which is, um, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's a debut novel. I don't remember the author's name, unfortunately. Morgan Rogers. Okay. Thank um, you, Morgan. <laughs> so Honey Girl is Morgan Rogers' debut novel, and it's just so sweet. Uh, it's about this um, uh, young Black woman uh, who graduates with a degree in astronomy, and she has this like whirlwind relationship uh, in Vegas and falls in love with this beautiful stranger. And then they get married and then she doesn't really know who this person is. And then it just turns into this like gorgeous love story. Um, I love that. Right. And then I read One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. It's their second book after Red, White and Royal Blue, which Red, White and Royal Blue, I really liked. It was 
definitely like a romance about the ruling class, whatever, who cares? But like this one, I liked a lot. It had yeah. time travel and the romantic lead. There's, there's a bisexual woman. Um, and then the romantic uh, lead there is this like very, very hot Asian butch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's just Are like there illustrations or <laughs> I mean, the description that you're like, Honestly, I'm sure you could search for some fan art. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but Tumblr that go on yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I think just like queers in love and like falling in love yes. and these meet cutes and these romances. I'm just really just like um num 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 num. I'm eating it all up. I love it so much. Yeah, and actually, thank you for saying that because like all of my favorite YA novels that I recently read are exactly that. They're like queer love stories. Um, so like Felix Ever After. Oh God, I'm fucking obsessed with that book. It's turning into a TV show, which I'm also going to devour. I'm so excited. Um, and then Cemetery Boys. Oh, it's so good. I love that book so much. Cemetery Boys. And then um, it's kind of an epic love story. Oh, that one is so good too. It's also just like a very sweet queer love story. I'm here for it. I really got to write down all these titles. I've been in a completely different reading corner. But <laughs> what, are you, what are you reading? <laughs> So I was deep into, um, there's this kind of sci-fi trilogy book called Red Rising. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically what it is, is that these, Earth is no longer inhabitable. So we have, they have inhabited Mars and other um, planets. The thing is, is of course they needed to create a ruling class. And the way that they set up their class structure was by colors, gold being the highest, red being the lowest. Um, the issue is they created a whole red class and they were supposedly terraforming Mars, Inst- except for Mars was already terraformed. So they just created a slave class and didn't tell them. So the red class didn't even know they were slaves until they figured it out. So Red Rising is particularly mm-hmm. one red, um, figuring it out and kind of like um, infiltrating the gold and, you know, beating them within. And so like the first three books are about him kind of coming to power and then obviously the struggles with that. And of course, like losing yourself, et cetera, et cetera. The second trilogy, which is what I'm in right now in book five, which was what I finished recently, is about what happens once you get the power, how do you keep it? Like, how do you keep um, from going evil yourself? Mm-hmm. and things like that you know so it's a it's a really good book it feels very close to kind of what we're going through right now obviously um and yeah so I've been kind of in the deep in the sci-fi world because I thought I was escaping but clearly I'm not like I said it's very relatable yeah. <laughs> to what we're going through now um but I finished book five and then I just started um the seven husbands of Evelyn um what's her last name but uh, I got it from you. Thank you. Yeah. So I just it's started so that. Good. Yeah, it it's is so good. good. I hope it's you like it. Yeah, it's good. I like it so far. Um, other than that, before, I feel like the last book I read was actually, what's the Reese Witherspoon show with Carrie Washington? I read that book. Little, in fires, a, everywhere. little fires Everywhere. In a yeah. night. In a night. Oh, I read it really? in a night. Damn. It's good, um, right? It's so good. It's, good. it's so much better than the um, show, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I tried so watching good. the show. I wasn't, like, I couldn't really get into it, but that's that's amazing yeah. about the book. Yeah, that one. And then that's, I was like, I had a stint to where, yeah, I was like finishing a book in the night. Like, I'm looking at, what's the other one? I think it was a Celeste, I can't say her last name, me. But um, she read, I read another book by her. Uh, is that all okay. the things I never told you? Yeah, I read that in a It's so good. It's so I love good. how you both have the exact same taste in <laughs> literature. That's true. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't do the sci-fi right now because so much of it is an allegory for like real shit. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. feel like an escape for yeah. me. Yeah. So just give me my, my fluffy love stories right now. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and that's funny because I probably wouldn't have started Red Rising, but I started that like years ago. You know, I've been reading it. Um, I actually, uh, I think when I was in between jobs, I started going to the library and like I just picked it up because it seemed interesting and it turned out to be like a really good story. Um, but I did want to touch on, y'all were talking about um, finding queer love stories. And so when I was speaking out that I was queer, I went to 
um, the library, like the queer library at UCLA. And I literally just like worked my way through all those books. Wait, there's like, I did. an entire queer library? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At UCLA? What? In the Mm-hmm. That is so fucking cool. That sounds mm-hmm. like my dream. Yeah. It would so, be like, for me, like that scene in Beauty and the Beast, like when Belle <laughs> opens it up and it's just like hella gay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So like they're, <laughs> they're queer alive. Well, I was part of the queer lights, but they're like LGBT center place. It's mm-hmm. all, the whole library is all queer. And it's like walls. It's a pretty decent one. Similar to the center one here. Um, but like a full wall, like yeah, just books and books and books. And like, I kind of worked my way through so many of those like fluffy love stories at the time. Um, I wish I could remember what the titles were, honestly. Um, But yeah, that was totally me. We just need more queer love stories in general. We do, we do. They're just better. We like, like y'all said, we've seen too many straight. We get it. We like, we could literally see two seconds of it. I can tell you the whole story. Yeah, from beginning to end. I know exactly what's happening here. So I have like easily a handful of ideas for like a a queer, like sapphic romantic comedy with meet cute and everything. Ooh, it reminds me of TikTok. Sorry. Oh yeah, Tell everything us. reminds me of TikTok these days. <laughs> well, you know, book talk, and there's this whole section mm-hmm. where people talk about reading romance novels, and that was 16 year old Leanna. 16 year old Leanna was reading all those smut books. Really? I really was. I really was. Dude, I tried writing. I tried reading the Bridgerton books. Oh, okay. Leanna read that. I, no, I didn't. No, 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 I, I haven't. Did I? You read it. some. You've read no, some. No, 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 no. I said I bought it, but the, the problem was I was still reading Red Rising, and oh. I didn't want to stop reading it. So I have it. I just, I still have it on here. Like I bought the first two, I think, just to check it out. Um, Lauren, tell me what I'm getting into. I didn't. Okay, so I didn't read the first one because I was like, I already know what happens, okay. and also because of like the consent issue in one of the scenes, I was like, I don't even yeah. want to. I don't even right. want to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the the second one I read, I think it's called The Viscount Who Loved Me or something. Yeah. And it's about the oldest brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it gets it gets spicy. Like it, 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 it there's, there's there's some there's some smut in there. Like uh, um yeah. and it's I mean like it's it's fun oh, sh- if you want to read some straight sex stuff, I guess. I like, don't think I ever do. I have that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like the, the, the big trope there is like enemies to lovers arranged marriage no, thing. No. We've seen it. We've done it. We've been yeah. there. Which I can't. When I was 16. I've never wanted to have sex with anyone that I hated. Never. That's just oh, not a thing ew. that passes that. No crosses my mind no never never I mean I guess except like you know like when you were younger and like people were mean to you if they liked you well specifically boys like teenage boys would be yeah, mean we to you if way. they liked you we were definitely mm-hmm. taught that like yeah. that was like how you fucking knew that the, it's so gross and like no people yeah. <laughs> that like you should treat you well I wish I wasn't such a people pleaser. I wish I wasn't such a people pleaser as a teen. And I mean, I guess to to this day, because like I clocked that as being wrong, but didn't know how to like go against it because how else was I going to get people to like me? Like I had to be okay with that, you know, going on. But I think a lot of it goes back to like being a people pleaser. Um, Yeah. You know, just the worst. I can't even think about it. I, I wanted us to check in a little bit on why we're doing the show. Why? Why this show? Why now? Love hearing you both talk. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I just want to have a library of all these conversations that we have normally. <laughs> That's why it's selfish on my end. It's history. We're keeping history for ourselves. If the world ends, someone's going to find this podcast in 20 years. And then they're just going to be like, oh my God, I really wish I'd met those three. <laughs> they're just like so amazing. Um, um, and why <laughs> is the only person that survived the apocalypse sound so annoying, Leanna? Like, explain that to me. <laughs> because the only way you're surviving the apocalypse is to be an annoying little cunt. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, if you survive the apocalypse, that's a great note. If you survive yes. the apocalypse and you're the last one, then maybe you suck as a person yes, because you, you didn't did help suck. other people survive with you. Exactly. Similar to being a billionaire. There are no safe billionaires. There are no, you know, what is the Oh word my god, like? how do we, how do we feel about Rihanna though? <laughs> oh yeah, I I'm not joy jumping up in joy for that. I mean, she's still I would she could still get it. 
I just, I mean, that's the other thing too, is like these, um, I don't know how they determine your net worth, right? Like that's what it is. She's worth 1 billion, 1 point something billion, but it's like, she doesn't have that fucking money on hand. Like, no, she's not, you know, right. So it's like, but I don't know how much of it is just like, this is how much Fenty is worth over the next 10 years or what the fuck ever. All I'm saying, I just don't know how much money she's giving away or not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, is she like single-handedly, um, taking care of Barbados because like there's a thing because like who's that oh. other rapper it's not Sean Kingston it's um who's the dude that was on the Fugees I believe he gives a lot of money back to his island I have no idea um, he's like the mayor of his island now um what's his name let me look oh sorry is it Wyclef it's Wyclef thank you oh wow. okay 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 interesting he, yeah. like I mean I don't know him obviously I'm don't know a lot of gossip about him, but I do know that he does a lot for his um, island, which I think is Jamaica. Is it Jamaica? It's one of those islands. And um, he like was the governor or mayor or whatever, and like always is giving money. So it's like, unless I can see tangible things like that, and maybe you don't have to put what your uh, philanthropy is out in the open, but I feel like if you're a billionaire and if I have to hear you being a billionaire, you really should. Yeah. Like nobody (laughs) should be a billionaire. Right, exactly. Okay, yes. I think we got off tangent. <laughs> surprise. On why we're doing the show. Surprise, surprise. Why not us? Why not us? Why not us? That's the fucking theme. Do you, mean, do you know how many shitty men have tried to impress me with their podcast? <laughs> oh my God. What are their fucking podcasts about? Do you remember? Oh my God. They probably just try to be like Joe Rogan. Honestly, is he going to listen oh, to this? No, you know what? Jesus. I don't care. I don't care. There was this one guy. Please tell me. And the whole premise of this podcast that he like told me about was that um, they would debate over like who would win in a fight and they would pick. No, like, stop. Two different. Y'all can't see, but I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> so hard. You know what? That fucking checks out. That fucking checks out. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Why not us? I guess for me, I wanted to do something with both of y'all because I love you so much. And it just seems like it is so much fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like definitely the why not us thing hits. And also just, I just, I think the past year and a half has been such a fucking shit show. Well, honestly, for me in my life, like the past three years have been such a fucking shit show. Um. And I don't always make time for creativity or for fun or for play or for joy. Like, especially when you're in the midst of, you know, I think I'm like barely coming out of like the deepest, (laughs) the deepest depression I've ever experienced in my life. And I think when you're at that point, it's so hard to just, just, yeah, literally find joy. Um, So I think at some point I was just like, I just need to grasp at anything that brings me happiness and just fucking go for it. If writing brings me happiness, I need to fucking go full force on that. Like spending time with y'all and talking about things that we find interesting brings me joy. I need to just go full, just, you know, I just need to like dive in to joy. (laughs) Yeah. They say, if you just keep telling yourself you're happy one day it works, let me know when that Uh... works for you. Let me know when that works for you, but that's just what they say. Who says that? <laughs> That's what they say. Who Happy the people. Happy people say that. Rich Happy people say people. that. Rich people say that. Rich people. It's say all about that. mindset. It's all oh, about yeah, mindset. right. Just wake up and be positive. No. Just no, no, I, no. I wish that I could pay off my student loans with mindset. Ooh, oh, truly. I wish. Right. Tell Navient to go screw themselves. Actually, I really, you remind me, I should probably look that up. I know that's probably a tangent, but when do I have to pay those again? Never. <laughs> Never. I think it's September, but Navient is still billing me. I've got like a couple of loans and Navient is the one that's still billing me and it's it's fine. It's whatever. I, just, I thought they extended that. Yeah. It's only for like a certain type of loan. Uh, and oh, I yeah, had to take subsidized. out multiple because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have generational wealth. Same. So. I'm still paying <laughs> mine too. Course. Yeah, my Navient's on hold, but my private loans very much still like, please yeah. give me your money every month. Please give me your money. The way they allowed us to fucking sign this fucking agreement when we were 17, 18 fucking years old for tens of thousands of fucking dollars blows my mind it blows my mind 
I don't mind that part because I was fully aware of that. Like there was really no way. I was to, not. There was no way for me to go to college. Like no, I yes, like, yes, you absolutely. know what I mean? Like I always had that prepared. My issue is the lack of jobs after. So yes. I was, I did the fully thinking like, well, I'll have a good job when I graduate. So it won't be that big of a deal. Like that was my mindset. And so like, Mm-hmm. I don't mind like I knew what I was doing when I signed those loans I just didn't have a choice but I do mind not having jobs afterwards and then other people being like well you should have had this degree or like suddenly like I don't know when I graduated I don't it's know what the- always your fault it's always it's your fault. fucking yeah. system right or it's like well why'd you go to college why didn't you go get a trade what the hell like what? so why did I go to school in the first place I like worked my butt off in high school to go to school to go to college but that was also the lie you were fed too right like the only way to be quote-unquote successful Successful. was to go to college and get a degree and get these loans and eventually you're gonna have no trouble paying them off right the lie right right just the fact that there's so like so many individuals like so many people just accept debt of all kinds as like a reality and just not, not as a reality, but like as, Oh, everybody has debt. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, it's so wild that so many of us are in debt and that like, we're just supposed to be cool with that. (laughs) It's like a normal part of life. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything like worth having is too expensive for us to just be able to pay for it and then therefore have it. Like that to me sounds like a failure, but it's just our it's life. It's our reality. Yeah. Tell me about the Panini Express and what it's done to you. I'm never getting out of it. I'm never going to get out of it. Every time I have a sniffle, which is legitimately every day, I think I might have COVID. Um, I go through bouts of testing my temperature, um, feeling my lymph nodes, um, coughing to Checking see your what oxygen. type of cough. Uh, yeah, coughing to see what kind of cough it is. Um, lately, my nose have been clogged up. Like I found, if I drink, my like my nostrils swell up, and I can't smell. So I went through a whole thing of thinking I clearly had COVID because I couldn't smell. Mm-hmm. Granted, I couldn't breathe either. Mm-hmm. That never quite worked in my brain. But did I go through like disaster googling? Yes. So. Um, the Panini has made me an excellent Googler and, um, yeah, I hate it. I really do. I really, really, really do. It must, I don't know if other people have allergies and how they feel, but like as an asthmatic allergy person, like it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you feel those symptoms most of the time. Yeah. All the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it is. And, and, and obviously, uh, I didn't mention this. I have two cats. I have two children. They're called, um, Duke and Duchess or Megan and Harry, depending on who you talk to. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Let me explain a little bit. (laughs) Harry is like a ginger cat and Megan is a black and white cat. Yes. But those are, I, I call them that, but they're really yes. Duke and Duchess. Those are their real it's just names. It's really the same thing. Yeah, really it's the, the same, same thing. thing. It's, it's the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. But um, as much as I love my children, I'm actually really allergic to them. So I'm always, I'm always sniffly. And like, yeah, that's, um, that's on a personal level. The panini makes me feel like that. So it's made on you an, like very anxious. Very anxious. And outwardly, it's just made me lose all faith in humanity. Not that I've had yeah. much anyway, but I really want folks to think about how the history books are going to look at them, if the history books are allowed to talk about them. Um, like, I really want folks to think about that because the way that people are acting out here, it is disheartening. Like, it makes me feel insane that I'm a decent person. Like, I don't, when did it stop being cool to just care about your neighbor? Like, mm-hmm. it's very depressing for me. Yeah. Sorry, that was a tangent, but. No, no it's that not, sounded yeah. like it was like right on, right on target. That's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Those are my thoughts of the panini. I hate it. Uh, honestly, I'm just like trying to get my thoughts together. But yeah, I mean, like everything you said, um, it's just completely, maybe not completely, like not for everyone, but I think it's just transformed all of our lives in some way, you yeah. know, like from small things 
to like just how we deal with our days um, to very big things like, you know, obviously like losing people and losing connections because you can no longer like really be around people and feel safe and feel like you're protecting them as well. Um, I, I think a lot of people have felt, you know, like definitely lots of people have lost people. I've, I've lost people to this pandemic, but also have lost like connections. Like uh, I, I don't want to say that I've like lost friendships, but I think a lot of people like kind of feel that way too. Right. Like it's just, it has shifted relationships entirely and we have no real like framework for how to handle this. Right. Like we've never <laughs> lived through something like this ever. Um, so it's just very, it's very new. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm exaggerating about things or I'm being too intense or whatever. But then I remember like, we literally have no blueprint for this. And every day you're just like fucking winging it. <laughs> it definitely makes me feel like it's showing people's true colors in all, in whatever way that looks for you. Um, and I, and I definitely feel you with like the loss of friendships or those friendships changing. And I know that's a natural part of life for sure, but just like kind of how we're seeing evolution happen before our eyes, like things are evolving way faster, I think, than we are used to, or like you said, like, like the blueprint, like you're used to your friends kind of changing every five years or whatever, like things happen, you change jobs, like that is normal, Mm -hmm. but the way that it's happening right now, it is yeah, I think it's going to forever kind of change our like DNA in a way, you know? Well, trauma changes your DNA, right? Right. <laughs> like exactly. that's the thing. And this is exactly. like a collective fucking trauma. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as part of that, we've also, I think, learned a lot of things. Like one thing for me has definitely been like, you have to find these pockets of joy, like wherever you can, however you can and like grasp onto them. Because otherwise life is just, it's just bleak. <laughs> I think like for me, um, being forced to be inside all the time and spend time with my partner. Well, okay. The good thing is I feel like this pandemic has really brought me and my now fiance a lot closer together. Mm-hmm. Like there's nobody else that I would rather be <laughs> like cooped up in an apartment with. Um, I think it's really improved our communication. You know, um, I feel like I've gotten to know him a lot more. Um, and, uh, in a, in a, not, not negative, uh, in a real way, I've gotten to know myself, like Mm -hmm. about like a couple of weeks into the pandemic, I realized that I was, um, really struggling with this urge to get really fucking drunk. And I started going to AA, which I guess this is my like publicly saying like, hello, I'm an alcoholic. Um, but I started going to AA at the beginning of, um, the pandemic. And it's not something that I would have done if I had other ways to like numb emotion, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like any other avenue to distract myself from all of these really dark feelings that I was feeling. Um, all of those things like socializing, you know, filling up my social calendar a lot. Um, all of that was just not available to me. And the only thing that was left was like me thinking about how I could like secretly get drunk during the day <laughs> um, with, when I like had to stay inside with my partner the whole time. So that was like really a sign to myself that, yo, you need to really figure this out. And it was literally one of the best things that I've ever done is just recognizing that I have this issue with substance abuse and that like the ways that I was coping with negative emotions was really not healthy. So throughout this whole pandemic, I've really like learn to be more emotionally intelligent and kind to myself. Like I got back into therapy and I'm really cognizant now of the ways that trauma throughout my life has really messed me up. (laughs) And like, what are the ways that I am um, like used to coping, which are not healthy and just really intentionally trying to like learn how to actually heal instead of distract myself is yeah. what I've, I've really had to learn over the course of this pandemic. Just like, yeah, that's, that's hard. I also went through like the worst depression, the second worst depression of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that I've had multiple depressions <laughs> in my life, but you know, that's, that's just it's real. 
yeah, that's, that's just what it is. So yeah. Um, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm super proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And honestly, like, God fucking bless therapists. The good bless certain therapists. therapists. Yeah. I just <laughs> literally <laughs> clarified right after. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Cause honestly, some people out here, like you should not be counseling nobody. <laughs> nobody I I really want to know how these people got to school because like I know as like a science major a bitch worked her ass off to get C's who are these people passing classes passing MCATs passing whatever therapy um, tests you have to take to become therapists how did y'all licensed yeah because all of these like standardized tests and tests in general really are not a marker of any sort of real intelligence you just have to know how to take the test exactly Truly, and I, when I'm telling you one thing I'm not, is a test taker. I really hate it. So like, yeah, but it, it's like insane how many people, I hear so many stories about folks talking about like really crappy therapists mm-hmm. and therapists who are just racist and therapists mm-hmm. who are just like, you know what I mean? Or like sexist or whatever. And it's just like, how sway? Yeah. Make it make sense. Because academia is fucking racist and sexist Ooh. too. Yeah. yeah. It really truly seriously. Is. Yeah. seriously but i want yeah bless the fucking good ones though um yes i also started going back to therapy <clears throat> at the beginning of this year which was like perfect fucking timing because i did i had no fucking clue when i started therapy right. what life had in store for me this right. fucking year but thank god i started when i did um i i really really like my current therapist and i it's, it's a, like a real blessing too to like, well, first of all, it's a real privilege to be able to afford therapy because shit is expensive and it should be free for everyone. Um, but it's been such a blessing to like have a therapist who every time I have a session with them, like I walk away with like just a new understanding of something like I had never thought before. <clears throat> and that's not like, every, I've had like four different therapists in my life. That's definitely not how it's been with every therapist. So I feel super, super grateful. Do y'all feel that um, the pandemic has had, I feel like my pandemic experience has been very uh, sectioned. Like there's different stages of my Mm. pandemic experience, you know, like I think for me um, in the beginning, I, I honestly feel like I sat on the couch and three months later I woke up and I had gained all this weight and I, my, like, I was drinking a lot and eating everything in sight and whatever. And it just, that was like my first stage. And then by the time I woke up and realized it, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, where did the time go? And then I feel like the second stage is like a different, like, it was like a different thing going on. And then there's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. how I remember mm-hmm. uh, my pandemic experience or, you know, it's still going on. Um, but like, it's, I think, Cause I didn't talk about my biggest lesson and I, that's a, it's a hard one for me because I feel like a lot of my life has kind of prepared me for this. So the pandemic hasn't been very difficult for me in, in the ways that other folks have said it, but I've experienced those things before, mm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like even just like the isolation and things like that. Like I, I, yeah. my, that a lot of my life has been very isolated. Like I feel very isolated. Um, and so that wasn't a difficult thing for me personally to handle. Um, I think where my issues come in, um, I think I get too set in that. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you give me time to be alone, I will just do that. And I will be content. Yeah, and I you'll will be isolate fine. yourself. I will isolate mm-hmm. myself. So it is totally fine, right? Which is so usually like a sign that you're not at your best. Exactly. Right, right exactly. <laughs> but it was like the pandemic was perfect for me in that sense because then I had no no one had to pull me out or no one was like texting me, be like, oh, let's do this because we couldn't. And so it was good. You know, it was good in that way, but it was bad, like you said, because it wasn't I wasn't getting pushed and I wasn't getting challenged. And like that's kind of what I require. Um, Because, yeah, otherwise I'll just be by myself. Um, And it's also nice, like, kind of what Lauren said, the one thing, the very big bright spot is, like, how close uh, me and my husband have gotten. Um, Again, we've been together for a really long time. So the things that other folks are going through being cooped up together wasn't really our issue because we have already experienced those things, you know? So it was like, oh, my God, we finally get to spend a good amount of time together. Like, a lot of our relationship was 
long distance, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just, that was a really positive spot for me. Um, very much like how Lauren said, like you get to know the person more. Um, and I like that I wasn't wrong in my assessments of him. Um, and obviously there's always a learning curve and things like that. But like, I think for me, a big letdown is like when I think I know somebody and you really don't. And so it's like, I feel very happy when I'm right about somebody. And I'm very, very happy that like, so far, you know, not good what like my partner is my partner. And though, even if we may not have the same agreements of like how Sandra was saying about safety levels, right? Like how he might be a little bit more willing to go out and stuff. Like at the end of the day, does he care about my well-being? Yes. So like that is great. Yeah, <laughs> we need connection. Like you can't do it by we yourself. Need, mm-hmm. We need people, literally. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I, I had to learn that I think for a long time. Um I had this idea that like, I didn't need anyone and I was totally fine on my own and I was independent and I didn't need anybody. If anybody could like leave me and I would be totally fine. And I had to do a lot of work to get to the point where I was like, no, a bitch needs, needs people, needs other people, needs to like be around others and have that connection and like affection. And like, I need all of that. Um, I think a lot of like, I used to equate that as a weakness where Mm -hmm. really for me, it's more of a weakness when I like distance myself from that and become, you know, more isolated and, and not, you know, don't care to like feed my connections anymore. Yeah. I think something that like, I also learned about myself in this vein of connection is that I also thought that too, Sandra is like, oh, I don't need anybody. I can be alone and be super independent and and be fine. And I think I've sort of explored these two extremes of hanging out with like too many people too much of the time and then just completely isolating. And I think this really underscored for me that the kind of connection that I'm craving is something deeper than surface level. And if I like am spreading myself too thin and in two places at once and I'm not able to really have that deeper connection uh, with folks that and and I can do nothing but do small talk, which is the fucking worst, mm-hmm. then I'm going to get burnt out because I'm not going to be getting anything about, out of those social interactions. Like it needs to be worth it for me like this. I'll make time for this. This is worth it to me because I'm having a deep conversation with y'all and I'm learning about it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm learning about you. Um, and we're talking about real things. I just like, yeah. And not do another networking event. That's, That's not it. for me. There- that's Nobody it. has time for another Nobody. fucking networking no. event. Nobody no has one. time for like no. any more like superficial shit. To be exactly. Absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah, this is like I my my tolerance for bullshit has completely it's right. lowered. It's right. lowered. I have and zero tolerance for it. It was already fucking now. low. It was right. already it's fucking already low. low. I do, yes, I do not miss water cooler talk. Don't come up to <laughs> me at work, please. Do not. Do not. <laughs> Ask Sandra what I tell her. I'm like, do you want to go in the office? No, because people will talk to me and I have to work. Like, I don't, like, and I was already like that before, but it's gotten even, yeah, it's gotten even worse. Like, I really, like, yeah, no time for bullshit. I don't come up with, I don't care. If all these organizations and businesses fucking don't let people continue to work from wherever the fuck they want to work, exactly, I'm going to lose my shit. Exactly. Because pro- Wait, product, just mm-mm. shut the fuck up. Let people yes, do sir. what they need to do. Exactly. And exactly. do their work where they need to do it. Exactly. Like that's for another episode. We're going to talk about professionalism yeah. being a fucking lie, but yeah, yeah. not real. It's, it's not real. It's, it's just it's making not. white people comfortable. Exactly. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, that's the lesson. Oh my God. No, that's the lesson. Oh, how much of my I don't want to say personal, like how much of my, like the ability to work throughout the world has been shaped by white people because I've always been like the only person of color in all these spaces. And it's like the, like, of course you hear people say it, but when you start realizing it, and I think a lot of it is because I was finally able to be alone and I didn't have to worry about having a smile on my face. Um, if I didn't have to worry about the tone of my voice and I didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about people looking at my facial expressions, all these things that I'm so used to getting called out on in the 33 years of my life, um, I realize that's all shaped about making white people comfortable. Like white people will literally treat you like shit, but as long as you are polite, it's all you need. Oh, hell yeah. I am not about that anymore. So oh I will be rude. I will be 
rude. And I will take whatever consequences that come because like, I have to just be myself. And I think I'm really coming into that. It's like, it's okay that you're allowed. Yeah. It's okay that you yeah. curse. It's okay. Are you still smart? Are you still able to do your job? Are you still able to like, so it's like, you take me as yeah. it is. So leave me the fuck and that's alone. that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because working from home has been such a revelation. I don't have to wear uncomfortable clothes anymore. Like I have a very expressive face too. Like, and they it really encouraged people to like always have your zoom camera on right for like um, meetings. And I got talked to about my attitude and my face and about not being excited oh. enough about other people's fucking ideas. The and it's fuck? just like, bro, no. are you supposed to be a clown? Or no. are you supposed to do your fucking job? Am I a cheerleader? Exactly. Or am I doing my job? Yeah. That's it's just like ridiculous. Uh, just like not having to work in like a cubicle and like a workstation <laughs> where people like just walking around can just see me. Like if I'm stressed out, I can just step away from my desk and yeah. like go have a snack or like lie down. Yeah. Or take a nap. Take a little nap. Take a take little, a little nap. nap. Take like a break and read from your book. Like, oh you know, God. stuff yeah. that should be stretch for me. Yes. Like, honestly, I have been able to consistently move my body and stretch and exercise mm-hmm. past way more than I, than I have in a very, very long time because I can just do it in between meetings, in between like doing things or, you know, in the more, like, it's just, it has given me so much more flexibility to take care of myself and yes. my body in a way that I never had when I had to be confined to a desk the whole entire day. Um, so yeah, that's real. Down with offices. We don't need them anymore. <laughs> we've, we, we've evolved past the need for offices. And then you can I, just tear those offices down and build housing. How build about housing. that? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. You just thought made me think of another segment of the depression, the depressing state that is our downtown. I mean, you know, producer Jason could go on about his experiences of um, working downtown and in other um, kind of other areas and just how like we could all those empty buildings, please just house Literally. folks. Literally. Please Literally. just house folks. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to get on that. I also have to like piggyback on the being able to create a routine because mm-hmm. a bitch does not like working out. Um, I do not. Like I, I, I've never once someone tell me what the serotonin level of like. I think that's a fucking start, lie. It's a lie. I think when but people th- say that they're lying. I don't care. You're lying. I did, Whatever. I did, I did create the habit though, right? So whether yeah. I move for 10 minutes or I move for 30 or 40, I still do it on a very consistent basis now. And like, I, I do feel weird when I don't like, but that's more so I feel like it's just because I created the habit. It's like brushing my teeth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I really like that part. Mm -hmm. And it's something that like, well, at least for me, I personally probably wouldn't have created that habit had I been having to go into an office every morning early and staying late. And and then all these fucking in-person events we had to go to all the fucking time, took all my evenings away. Like I'm not going to another in-person event. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's just, yeah, I guess that's another lesson for me. It's like no job no person hmm. other you know nobody like mm-hmm. is worth your peace of mind and your health and your well-being you know yeah take yeah. care of yourself first and yeah. don't think that you have to like take care of your job first take care of other people first because that's a fucking lie also like no it doesn't matter your job will replace you the day you die yep Mm-hmm. So just take care of yourself. Yeah. Booked and busy. You know what? No longer are we booked and busy. Okay. Like that is not all that it's picked up to no. me. No. I'm not. rested and comfy. Exactly. <laughs> Without a bro. Also, also, I bought pedals for my boobs so I don't have to wear bras. Out. Pedals? And like I, nip covers? Nip, nipple covers. Yes. Oh. Because along with my very cute COVID thick body... I got F's boots. Bitch. Welcome to the club, honey. No. Yeah. Okay. Here's 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 what I want to know though, Liana. Mm-hmm. Is like I have to wear a bra because the boob sweat is so real mm-hmm. and it's so uncomfortable. And if I go braless, then it just like happens and then like my entire like front underneath yeah. my boobs, like all the way to my belly, can get um sweaty if like there's no air conditioning or something like I Mm -hmm. I just can't I need to have some sort of a barrier 
to like yeah. soak so it up. Truly, I've only done it once. Um, but like, I, I didn't have that experience when I was under AC the whole time. But yeah, because I'm experiencing that all the time now. Like anytime I don't have a bra on, I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. The, the twins are a little hot. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but it, it was kind of freeing because sometimes... I just can't find bras that fit every outfit. That's really more so what it is. Like I don't mm. feel comfortable being braless outside as a norm, but I now have the ability to wear certain shirts and I'll be okay. Especially like if they're tight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I love but that. like, yeah, yeah. So um, that, 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 that brings me joy is to be able to cover my nips. Although, <laughs> although they are kind of nice and they're pierced. So I should be able to show them, but that's, oh, yeah. but Apparently, no, only Jason gets to see them now, so. so. Oh my, talk about problems I cannot relate to. <laughs> my mom, like, she, to this day, she still, like, makes fun of me sometimes, or she'll just look at me and she'll be like, how do you have such small food? <laughs> because everybody in my family is, like, a double D, like, all of them, F, probably one of my, like, definitely Fs. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't understand. I don't understand how you didn't get it. <laughs> I always tell her like, well, I was the youngest, so you didn't have anything left over for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I could give you some, I would. Like I could easily give you like a couple of cup sizes and I'd still be you a D. You absolutely could. Yes, I, like, we could. Yes. That is so fucking wild. But did, have I told y'all that I used to? <laughs> Here's the other thing. I would pray when I was little that I would have small boobs because like I would pray at night, like on my knees, pray to God. (laughs) It worked. It worked. worked. Prayer works. But also it's because (laughs) I saw my sister who was like, she was like a teenager when I was little and she struggled so much because she had those boobs when she was like 14. She struggled so much to find clothes, to find bras that fit. She would always be complaining about her back hurting. And she was fucking like 14, 15 years old. And I saw all my other sisters who also had the same problem. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Not me, please. <laughs> but yeah, no, but it's like, it's definitely a struggle. I mean, like, I've seen them all go through it their whole lives. Um, They're heavy. I think one They're of my so sisters heavy. has considered like a breast reduction surgery because yeah, that shit is intense. All right. Well, I know what's not bringing you joy is boob sweat, but what is <laughs> what is bringing you joy um, to close out? Okay. All right. This is not what I had originally told you that I was going to, but on the topic of boobs. <laughs> yes, here for it. Okay. Um, I just ordered some really cute bralettes mm-hmm. from Parade. This is not sponsored content. I'm just letting you know, <laughs> but yeah. um. Yeah. Um, so there, the material is like really soft and really stretchy. And I was just like, something that I'm bringing into my life is bras that don't have wires. I'm done with it. I'm over it. It's going to be fine. So I got these like three very cute bralettes and I'm like wearing one of them now. And it's just like, it's just so comfy. It's just so comfy. Like I'm not as like, I have, I have, I have big titties and it's, it's, it's past the point. Well, it's, it's not yet at the point where I need to worry about them, like being saggy or dragging around. So I'm just like, you know what? This light support is good. This is fine. Mm -hmm. I don't need to push the girls up. I don't need a wire. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't, and, and so I got like three bralettes with three matching underwears and it's just like, it's cute. I and it's comfortable. It. I know. I love when my underwear matches. It's just such like a nice feeling. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like all of the world is going to hell. Horrible things are happening all over the place, but my underwear matches. Underwear fucking matches. My underwear exactly. matches. My exactly. ass looks cute. My boobs look good. Like you, you can't you tell go. me nothing. Go off. You can't. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. There you go. There yeah. you go. It's oh my God, thing. you talk about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. You talk about your ass and your boobs. Now I have to say, now I have to talk about it. The amount of comments I've got on my butt recently, because um, I've already, I always have, a, obviously, I'm a pretty curvy person, but like recently, people have just been like, your butt is so nice. Your butt is so nice. Like, I guess I should thank Peloton. This is not sound to content. Hashtag ad. But like, <laughs> so lack of mother. My lack mm-hmm. of like lack of raising 
mm-hmm. is obviously the major one. And then also the way that she handles her, um, the way that she handles trauma <laughs> is very reminiscent of me. And then also the way that she shows up for her friends. Like, I, I think she is, she can be very harsh sometimes. I think that she uh, can come off and seem like she doesn't want folks around. But like, if you look at her house, like her house has to have everyone in it. Like she creates a family and everyone knows that they can go to her. And like, that's at least how I hope I am. And that's how I try to be. Um, I also just like, like her arc in the show. I think she's obviously very brilliant. And I think that the, her ability to find the good in her mom and like take the, the, the gift that her mom gave her despite everything else is obviously, it's very admirable to me because it's something that I hope that I can do with my experiences with like, you know, my parentage and stuff like that. I just, I just really, really relate to her. But um, outside of that, Grace Anatomy um, in my like fifth, sixth rewatch, um, I ha- am having a really hard time dealing with all the men on the show. Like yeah. I scream, I scream at the TV all the time. I'm just like, you're an idiot. Like you're an idiot you're being rude like particularly Patrick and um not Patrick, particularly Derek and Owen yeah yeah there aren't, oh god Owen oh Owen is Ugh. the worst he is the worst but I am finding myself liking Mark a lot more this time around like and you know so so I do think and I think anyone who watches who is comfort what is it called like when you are a comfort show watcher because that's what mm-hmm. I do like I rewatch shows for comfort. Like every time I rewatch something or even if I read something, I find something new to like, or I like realize something different. And so like, I'm realizing more about like Mark Sloan's character this time around um, that I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, I think at one point I thought I was going to be a surgeon. You know, I thought I was going to be a doctor. So it's like nice to kind of like drop in and be like, oh, this is how my life would be. Hell yeah, I'd be getting it on an on-call room. Hell yeah. You know, I also... <laughs> So yeah, I mean, those are very like surfacey things, but like, yes, I'm really enjoying uh, my rewatch of Grey's Anatomy this time around. Yeah, absolutely. All the all the men characters are fucking trash. Um, I don't like any of them, but I'm all, I'm, I'm here for Bailey and Christina. Like those oh. are my favorites. And um, oh my god, why am I Allison? Addison. 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 Love her. I also love fucking her. love that bitch. Yeah. I love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So what's this hate against Meredith? Because clearly there's hate. I don't know. I just, I don't have a lot. Like, I don't root for her the way I root for, like, Christina. I don't really know what it is. I just, I'm like, you're fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. Yeah. I obviously, you know, if if you find the, like, if you relate to them, I think I can totally get that. But for me, obviously, I relate to that very heavily. (laughs) you know so I can excuse all the other things I feel like a lot of my life is excusing white people behavior because they can't help it (laughs) but oh yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) oh was that hard was that was it hard lord Jesus (laughs) this is is definitely my sign to watch Grey's Anatomy again because I've been thinking about it mainly because of my crush on Sandra O. Oh. oh I just gotta get back into you. it. And I just remember sure. so the the first season came out when I was I want to say like either a sophomore or junior, I don't remember in in high school. But it was like so the the soundtrack is so good. And it oh it's a time capsule. It's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's incredible. And it was incredibly like in informative for the rest of my like music mm-hmm. taste. From like then pretty much all the way through college was definitely influenced heavily by what was happening with on on the soundtrack of Grey's Anatomy oh at, at the time. Just whoever does that, whoever chooses the music for it, just does yeah. such a good fucking job. And I and I don't know if that's still a thing. Like it after is. Christina leaves. Okay. Oh, oh, actually I don't know because I've stopped watching it it's season 10 not- when Christina left because <laughs> there's no yeah. purpose. For me, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good. I have to say the music isn't as good. And Lauren, Sandra's about to be even more pissed off because I kid you not. I said to producer Jason, I'm pretty sure my music taste is Grey's Anatomy. It's like the reminder of all my, all of my songs. Like, I, literally have, I literally have playlists and I'm like, that's where I knew that song. That's where I knew that song. Like it literally like, a, oh my God, my love of Rachel Yamagata from that show. 
my love of uh, Mumford and Sons because they played um, fucking, uh, oh my God, This Soul and Weeds, I think, was the first song I heard from Mumford and Sons. And I think it was on Grey's Anatomy. Like, Grey's Anatomy, um, Anna Nalek. I don't know if y'all are familiar. I um, love Anna Nalek. The two oh Seriously. I have, yes, yes. I have, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's especially the early seasons. So Lauren, yes. like I, I think you should definitely watch it. But like especially yes. the early seasons when you, the music is such a fucking time capsule. It takes you to high school to college. Like it takes mm-hmm. you to the time where those songs were like the mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. speaking of great soundtracks, great segue to what's bringing me joy. I already <laughs> talked about Euphoria. I get it. Okay, it's fine. But the okay, the musician that does the soundtrack for euphoria mm-hmm. labyrinth is fucking brilliant brilliant that music mm-hmm. makes you feel the scenes like I, I honestly feel like if it wasn't for the music the show wouldn't be as like addictive as it is <laughs> for me <laughs> but also obviously Daddy. like I just cannot handle it um, and as I said earlier, I'm very obsessive person. So I just like go full force on my crushes. My crushes are my coping mechanism. <laughs> okay. Fully, fully support. I do want to ask how long do, do these obsessions typically last? Typically, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with it. I'm just wondering. Typically, <laughs> this is a great question. And I've, I've crowdsourced for this answer. This is my longest celeb crush for fucking sure. But usually really? the last, I think so. But I was talking to my friend, Jess, and she was like, no, you've had long ones before. So I, I think for me, they're usually like three months. Um, and this is like at the three month mark. It's definitely like died down, you know, after I saw that she was dating <laughs> some man. Oh, uh, like, Spider-Man is so cute. No, though. do not I talk about Spider-Man. This. Anyway. It's so cute. <laughs> also, Lauren, I would like to say, so Sandra and I recently were talking to somebody and they talked about how straight they were. And I have to say, when I hear people say that they are completely straight, it is really taken aback. Like, I don't understand. Like, I almost want to say it's because you haven't tried it yet. And I know that that's a problematic statement, but I almost want to say that because like, how are you only straight? I mean, some people just know. You know, they just know. People just, just know. I mean, I'm kidding, obviously, but I'm just saying. Like- <laughs> no, I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think there's like, def- it's definitely like more fluid for some. And I think some people just fucking know. Like, I only want this thing from the menu. And that's the thing I want to order every fucking exactly, time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I know. I just, I almost feel bad for them though, because like, you know, that sucks. I think like every, every gender has like this infinite, ability to be so hot every gender except is this so <laughs> oh sorry no that's not where you were going <laughs> i'm trying to be inclusive i'm right. trying to be inclusive every exactly. every gender has has the infinite potential to be exactly. hot is what i'm exactly. saying so exactly. i'm not going to like like i i i can't in good confidence say i would never fill in the blank with a fill in the blank gender because there's just so saying. much opportunity that's what I'm saying yes how do you have that so much certainty to be like I only want this like have you not seen people like you don't get a little throbby looking at these people what Kehlani's TikTok I'm just it's Kehlani is a fuckboy first I, of all she knows what she's doing oh gosh she yeah. knows 100% she handle it, it. Also a celeb crush. Oh my God. Um, I remember the days when I didn't, she wasn't doing it for me. And I want to go back to that. And I told you you were out of your damn mind. She did something. She made a, she flipped a switch and suddenly. (laughs) You flipped a switch, bitch. I did. Maybe that was the Corona. Maybe that was the pandemic. The Corona. (laughs) That was the Corona. Like, you know, it was like, you know what, Leanna, you got to stop lying. You got to, you got to just admit this to yourself. You just do. She's fine. Yeah, she's so fun. She really is. She really is. But yeah, big, big fuckboy energy there. Oh my God. She can Um, ruin my life. It's okay. Absolutely. I'm too too old and too soft for that. So I'm going to let you all. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me saying I'm old. I'm 31. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) I'm just too soft. I can't have my heart broken. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I'll just oh line up my therapist. <laughs> I'll line up my therapist. Essentially, to sum up, like, bless 
queer women. I just exactly thank you for existing. I love you so much. Exactly. Yes. Especially the people on this on this podcast on this pod. Yes. So beautiful. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun, y'all. I think it's time to wrap up. I want to say thank you to Jason. Shout out to Jason. Jason Shout out. Helping us with editing. Sorry, you're going to have to listen to all of this. Also, that's Leanna's husband. Just FYI. Oh, yes. (laughs) Shout out to Leanna's husband. Thank you for your help. Um, The only cis man that Sandra gives time a day to. Honestly, yeah. One of the few. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. He's a Virgo son. I love, I fucking love Virgos. Zen Daddy's a Virgo. I'm a Virgo moon. It's just works out. (laughs) Yes. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Um, and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye, bye y'all. Yeah, bye. bye.